0: Welcome into the latest episode of the five reasons podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Winningham. Now that you found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. That way you'll get all of our old episodes as well as all of our new episodes. As soon as they post also check out the other 14 podcasts in our network, just type in five reasons sports to that podcast provider. They will all come up. Obviously we're spotlighting three yards per carry. They did five episodes leading up to the draft. Um, they had a bunch of people potentially going at number 13. We're going to talk about who the dolphins did take last night. As we record this also check out our website, five reasons sports.com that's spelled out F I V E reasons sports.com. We're posting lots of news opinions, Video. We have merchandise on there. Actually, our best sellers on there are our wrestling T-shirts, our Smirk Your Territory T-shirts. So be sure to check those out and everything else that's going on with the network. All right, we're going to get right to it this morning. Chris and I were in different places last night. I was in Davie uh, where the Dolphins at Dolphins headquarters where they were hosting. Uh, you know, sort of their little draft get together, and and you know, an opportunity to hear from Chris Greer, and then from the eventual draft pick Christian Wilkins on a on a teleconference. Um, Chris was uh, at the stadium, different experience there, and we're going to talk about kind of how we experienced it in those two places. But I I want to start here. Um, it's it's rare, Chris, where I think Dolphin fans come out of a draft feeling pretty good and considering all the options that we talked about, whether it was taking a quarterback or trading down, trading out or the first round entirely, which is something I thought might happen. Uh, you know, I did poll it last night right after the draft pick and kind of the quick take from about 1,700 voters was 81% in favor of the draft pick of Christian Wilkins, um, the defensive tackle from Clemson. I don't know if that's in part because he seems to be the most charismatic person they've drafted in about a quarter century. <laughs> uh, and, 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 I, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating by that. I mean, it's not just the the side bump of, uh, you know, nearly killing Roger Goodell, which, uh, well, I'm not going to say it, but there's a lot of NFL players that, you know, wouldn't have mind um you know but but uh but but it's just I, I go back and i was thinking about this and this has been one of the problems with the dolphin organization for so many years it's not just that they've been mediocre it's that they've been dull as hell they've drafted dull people they had the dullest quarterback in the league for seven years they and that followed having the dullest quarterback in the league for like three years and chad henny like they've had yep. you know and i love jay fiedler personally but he he ain't you know like the prince of personality right like so I mean, they haven't had charismatic people at the most important position or the face of the franchise position. Um, they, they haven't drafted. I'm just, I was thinking back first and second round picks, like with any personality at all. And the only one I could even come up with, uh, was Sam Madison in 1997, you know, Sam came in bragging a little bit, but Sam Madison wasn't this. Okay. I mean, like Christian Wilkins graduated in two and a half years. This is not just that he's charismatic. He's bright. He graduated in two and a half years at Clemson. He has a master's degree. Yesterday he said to us at a teleconference, he said, I'm 23 with a master's degree. It sounds like a Drake line. Uh, he's, you know, and last night and, and thanks for the retweet Dwayne. Um, you know, I tweeted <laughs> out, I tweeted out. He basically, you know, in a very positive way, called out Dwayne Wade. Cause he said, I know you guys, uh, you know, don't have a star down there after Dwayne left. Hopefully you'll love me someday. Like you love Dwayne. I mean, that's, pretty bold he also flashed his ice to us he showed us his wrist uh i mean it was like comedy hour for 20 minutes and all i can say is it's never going to be that good again because the (laughs) dolphins are going to beat all of that out of him uh, and have him spouting cliches like marino used to but uh, Jason Jenkins, their, their P- lead PR guy, did say yesterday, he's like, how are we going to change that? So may- maybe they won't try. Maybe they need some personality. But, but I think, Chris, that may play into why Dolphin fans liked the pick because he's fun, right? I mean, he's a defensive yeah. tackle, which is not a fun position typically but he's fun. And I think that takes some of the sting we have to see him play obviously, but I think it takes, and and plus he played at a school that they know, right? Like, I Mm -hmm. mean, they've watched and
1: and, and as as part of a defensive line that was championship winning.
0: Correct. And he's won two two titles, right? So I, I think all of those things, you know, play in where I think Dolphin fans, it's not again, not just that they've been mediocre. It's that nobody's cared about them nationally in any way. And actually outside of Arizona, because of Kyler Murray, you know, what this guy did for his entrance in Nashville was kind of the talk of the draft last night. And when's the last time the Dolphins have been in any way the talk of anything? Uh, you know that that's other than
1: Bullygate, right? Well, so- and, and, and taking Laramie Tunsil with you know in, in that same spot, 13th overall after after the video drop. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I actually was just looking through the Dolphins' first and second round picks from the last 20 years. The only other guy with similar personality, just you know, was a later round was a later pick and never really made that the the, the same impact. Was Jared Odrick? He was he was a right. really fun guy, um, but again, didn't really have the career to back that up. And, and I don't think really Dolphins fans knew that about Jared Odrick. But you can tell from the 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 gif that goes around of him doing a split in, in at midfield after winning the national championship uh, and just all the things that he said afterwards. I was like, and normally, you know, you're following tweets from a press conference, but I was reading all your tweets and I couldn't wait for the next one because it seemed like he was going to say something that was really profound or interesting or fun or funny. And you're right. I mean, I, I, I do think that having someone like that, I think, means more to us as media members because we're sitting around uh, waiting for something to happen that's interesting. We were kind of hoping that the interesting thing would be that they would take a quarterback uh, and we can talk, you know, for, for months about the potential of them uh, drafting a first-rounder quarterback and seeing what they end up doing with Dwayne Haskins. But I, I think, uh, first off, the fact that you really felt as this draft goes on that with the picks that were coming in, Cleland Farrell at four uh, goes early. Daniel Jones at six goes early. You have a tight end come off the board at number eight. It really seemed like at some point the Dolphins at 13 were going to end up with a really good player. There were good players out there that a lot of people had mocked to the Dolphins. A lot of people were saying, you know, the Dolphins might even be lucky to get this player. And I think Christian Wilkins is is absolutely that kind of player. You read, you know, Todd McShay's rankings beforehand. He was the seventh best player, uh, according to McShay. And I think... The draft analysts do carry a lot of weight here because ultimately, other than the quarterbacks and even the quarterbacks, like I don't know if a lot of people in Miami were watching Ohio State all year or Missouri all year or hell, even knew when the Dolphins or uh, when the Hurricanes played Duke and Daniel Jones that Daniel Jones was a first round prospect. I didn't know before or after, and I didn't discover until the draft process that Daniel Jones was thought of in this way. So, I mean, even the quarterback sometimes can be a little bit of a mystery. So you are kind of relying on the intuition of the draft analysts. You are relying on. The intuition of, well holy crap Clemson's defensive line was really good they had you know three of the top 17 picks in this draft just in that one unit and and the fact that Christian Wilkins comes from that group I think uh, allows you to have a sense of optimism about this and obviously the personality stuff is great it's great for social media that you know when when he goes to meet the commissioner he almost knocks him over Uh, it's great that when he does an entrance he does an entrance into the NFL draft the fact that he's already kind of a memeable character the fact that as I, I thought that Dwayne Wade thing was incredible that he said that, and that Dwayne had a cool response to your tweet, um, and uh, and and just on and on and on the Drake thing, the having a master's degree, you said he was uh, quoting de last night. I mean, it was it was all over the place in terms of his personality, and that's great. I mean, the Dolphins just don't have uh, these kinds of things happen in their organization all the time. So uh, I I left last night feeling great. Um, the fact that also it's not really the and and again we're we're going back to the tanking thing, but uh, it's not really the kind of impact position where you would say in year one, well, he's going to make he's gonna make the difference between three wins and five wins. I think this is about building a solid foundation for when the quarterback arrives because ultimately all of this is utterly meaningless without the quarterback. I think the year one rebuild is build it without the quarterback. That way you have something in place when you draft the quarterback next year. We'll
0: get back to our episode here in a second. But first I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network and that is shipyourcarnow.com. Com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery, call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while, call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, 1-800-264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644, or visit ship Your car now.com backslash five reasons also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone i wish look i wish they'd i they'd had this when i was going to college this would have been great for me i needed to get my car down from baltimore to florida i ended up taking the auto train you don't want to take the auto train ship your car fly no job too big or too small ship your car now moves it all yeah, and and you, and it was. He also quoted George Washington Carver. Like that, just I mean, all of us. Oh, it was Washington and, and, Carver.
1: I said to Tocqueville It was Washington. Well, it Carver. could have I'm been. Sorry.
0: It probably was that too. I don't. I mean, he just he he was just reaching into his bag and he didn't want to leave. Like that's the thing. Like he, you know,
1: and and the which Dolphins, which is funny because we we on the radio broadcast. We on the radio broadcast. We're waiting for a den so we could have him on the air and we could leave.
0: <laughs> oh no, I I can imagine you would, but the Dolphins. I and, and I think to their credit, and I think I, I do think it matters. I do think it matters for them. It's not just about the media. You know, I was looking around there you know we were in the auditorium last night right so that's where the media was watching the draft and you know that's where they brought Chris Greer into and I'm looking at the pictures on the wall because they basically you know they removed a bunch of photos there and you know over the years I've been in that auditorium so many times over the past 20 years and seen so many crazy press conferences and so many promises unfulfilled I mean whether it's Bill Parcells or Nick Saban, all the people who've been up on that
1: stage. All those slogans and, uh, they put up on the walls. Uh, all,
0: all the slow, smart, tough, disciplined with, with Sperano and Parcells in Ireland. All of these, right? But I'm looking up at the wall and I'm looking up at the photos. And there are good players there. Like I mean, They had to reach a little bit to get to the 16 players they've got on the walls. okay? But there's good players there. There's a Xavier Howard. There's a Laramie Tunsil. There's a Kenny Stills. I mean, there are quality players there. But there is nobody to be the face of the franchise. Now, typically, the quarterback has to be the face of the franchise, right? That's the way that it works. And the, the, the Dolphins don't have that yet. And Christian Wilkins can't be that, okay? But I can see people going out and buying his jersey. And if I were the Dolphins, I would not restrict this. They need this, okay? And particularly, look, the Dwayne thing is important, okay? This town is wide open right now. He's right. He's right. There's no one. In this town. I mean, Sasha Barkov is the best athlete in this town and could, as I've said, could walk across the street to Sawgrass Mills Mall, get lost at Banana Republic and somebody would think he works there. OK, no, there's no uh, there is nobody there that the Heat have no one. OK, I mean, I, I noticed Justice is on a couple of like not billboards, but he's on. Some buses now. I noticed this recently, but it's for Fox Sports Sun. But and and, and that, he
1: said that he wants to be the face of the franchise. We have to play like the face of a franchise in order to be right. the face he, of a franchise. He he
0: does, and I think the Heat are going to package the three of them together. I, I to me that that's what I've heard. Okay, in terms of talking the marketing, that they're going to you know, provided they don't trade them, that they're going to package the kids, which is what we kind of wanted them to start doing. But obviously, they had Dwayne. Uh, but again. Th- it's going to be difficult to do that because it's not a real big three. It's kind of a mini big, you know, it's, it's a mini and, three. And right? also
1: they're like the seventh, ninth and 11th highest paid players on the team. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Or you could throw waiter's white side at JJ on there, on the buses. I, I don't know.
0: I don't know what that's going to do, except make the buses more expensive to ride. Um, but, but, or, but or I mean, egged. so right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the heat don't, right. The heat don't, well, create a little more room for Dion. Um, The Heat don't have anybody. The Marlins, I mean, let's not even start, right? Like, the face of this town right now may be Manny Diaz. Like, he might, I, I mean, that's... Uh, and and we, we haven't seen him coach a game yet. Right. As like, a head we don't coach. even know if
1: Miami's going to be that improved.
0: Right. I mean, he basically went to the transfer portal just to fill out the roster. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to be any good or not good, but his story, okay, is like the story of South Florida because he's Miami, because everything else, and, and because we thought we lost him and he came back and it's positive. And I saw Mark Ricks came out and said this was the right move ultimately. And, and, but, but, like, there's nothing here, okay? Like, there is no way in hell, okay, that a defensive tackle could become the face of a market, except right now. Like, this is the only (laughs) town, okay, and the only time that that could be the case. And if you think about it, like, the last premium defensive tackle they had, Dominican Su, really bright guy in his own right, okay, guy who meets with Warren Buffett, right, to talk about, you know, finance, but had no use for the media. Right, had no use for showing any personality if he had any at all. Okay, not that he wasn't bright, not that he wasn't capable of speaking. He didn't want to, he didn't like the whole thing. Okay, so you have the polar opposite now. Now, again, he has to be able to play. Okay, and even if he does play well, like you said, we saw with Indominic and Sue that you can have the best player in the league at that position. And Indominic and Sue, I believe, during his time with the Dolphins, was a top five player at his position. That's what the metrics all showed. And it made no difference. Right. Like the, the defensive line was not good against the run most of the time that he was here, which was what he was paid to do. Even though he did his job extremely well, they didn't have the other pieces on defense or on the team as a whole to make it mean anything. So I, I don't it's, it's going to be hard for Wilkins to be breakthrough in that capacity. But I do think that the Dolphins should encourage this. OK, they should. It's OK. You're a rookie. Let him talk a little bit. I'm fine with it. okay? because there's nobody else on his team who has the pedigree to be able to say to him, no, you haven't done it yet. Okay, you got to wait your turn. Right. And, And I feel like it's a little bit similar. I keep going back to the Jimmy Johnson thing, right, because to me, that's the only parallel in this franchise's history to what the Dolphins are trying to do now. Now, Jimmy wasn't trying to tank. Jimmy came here promising Super Bowls, but Jimmy was building the foundation the first two years. He didn't know at the time who was going to be his foundation piece. His first draft pick was Daryl Gardner, okay, who was immensely talented but had a lot of issues, and they knew that when they drafted him. His second first-round pick was Yateel Green, who dropped to the ground right in front of me at his first training camp practice in 1997 and was never really heard from again but Jason Taylor emerged from the third round, right? Zach mm-hmm. Thomas emerged from the fifth round. I don't I don't, don't, I don't think no, in the
1: history of the NFL, there are better foundation builders than Jimmy Johnson. No, he was absolutely. Well, you go back to what he
0: did in Dallas, exactly, and that's why yeah. we thought he was going to replicate it here. But of course, in Dallas, he benefited from the greatest fleecing of all time, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is I mean, other than in professional sports history, other than what is typically done to the Marlins, <laughs> it is the greatest because right <laughs> now, right now, the, Mar- with the Marlins, <laughs> right, right now, the Marlins are I didn't think it was possible to make a worse trade than the Miguel Cabrera trade, they but tried, the Christian Yellich trade is getting close. Okay. Our, our guy, Monte Harrison had better be good. Okay. Cause that otherwise guy has got look, so much expectations on him. Oh, now. it's going to be, a, and we like him, but it's yeah. going to be a disaster otherwise. But, but other than what's been done to the Marlins, I cannot remember. I mean, I mean, that was the greatest fleecing of all time, what Jimmy did to build. I mean, look at how many draft picks he got for a running back, Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. uh, who was a good player in the NFL but was not what he was projected to be at Georgia. And what he got from Minnesota. Now he didn't make that trade with the Dolphins, but he kept trading down, trading, trading. And I've talked about this a lot. It wasn't just that he got, you know, Jason, you know, Sam Madison in the second round, or Jason Taylor in the third, or Patrick Sertan, who he traded a future first to go up and get in the second, uh, or or again Zach in the fifth round. But he also got other good functional players. He got a, he got a tight end in Ed Perry. Uh, who was their long snapper for 12 years, okay, and was a functional player for them. They got Sean Wooden in the sixth round, who was a starter. He missed on a ton of guys, but he had so many picks, it didn't matter. And if Jimmy, and I said this so many times, if Jimmy just takes Randy Moss, this entire Dolphins period looks different. If he just takes it, okay, which never made any sense. Because Randy Moss was the prototypical Jimmy Johnson player. He was Michael Irvin reincarnate, except more gifted. And he didn't take him. He didn't want to deal with it. And, you know, we all know what happened there. And he, he took, you know, uh, you know, I mean. Uh, wait, didn't anyway. I, he, I, re- I
1: think he traded out of it so that he didn't have to make the pick.
0: He, he, that's exactly right. He was scared. He, yeah. And he ended up taking John Avery, who showed up. And the first thing John Avery talked about was playing video games. And it was mm-hmm. all over. He took, he took a little scat back, okay, on the first round. So that's the only parallel to what the Dolphins are trying to do now. Again, the only difference is the Dolphins' time frame here is longer because Jimmy was coming in here to try to win big within the first three or four years to prove that what he did at Dallas was not a mirage and, and, and already had Marino. He was better place. than Shula, right? Right. Well, he he also proved Chris that he was better than Shula. I mean, this was sure. a personal thing and. Heisinga needed to validate the decision to dispatch shula and look it's been now 24 years since they dumped on shula and they've had almost no success yeah uh so, so i mean you know cautionary tale for those who want riley out you know it's something i think about a lot but so i do think that it's smart to get You know, what the Dolphins are trying to do now, I think, is accumulate as many picks as possible. But I think we should talk about this. They decided not to do that at 13. There's a report that they were very close to a deal with Philadelphia. Greer did not address it when he came down and talked to us last night, but that they were close to a deal with Philadelphia to trade down and that they backed out at the last second. Now, if you look, there was a trade, I believe it was Denver, right, that traded down, I think, 10 spots. And they ended up picking up. And
1: and, and Pittsburgh went up to go pick uh, Devin Bush from 20.
0: I, right. And I think Pittsburgh had to give up a future third plus a second. Yeah. Right, yeah. To yeah go it was, up it was their,
1: it. their second on the second in 2019 and a third in 2020.
0: And I said at the time, if the Dolphins can make that kind of trade, as much as I like to ever, you know, the options, they had at 13. Mm-hmm. You make the trade because trading down 10. Well, as you said, the way the draft was falling, they would have gotten a really good player at 20, say 23. Mm-hmm. OK, and still picked up those two other picks. So I still think trading down was a good option there. But I don't have an issue with this pick, especially, and I know it's crazy, but especially after I heard the kid talk, I I just feel they need that in this organization. They drafted Minka Fitzpatrick last year, who I like a lot, okay? And I know our guys like a lot. CK likes a lot, although he thought they should have taken Derwin James, okay? I I like Minka a lot. But Minka is a grinder. He's not a personality, mm-hmm. right? He's a Bama guy. On, he's a Bama right. And
1: I think I think you can kind of see the differences between those two dynasties in college football outlined in those two players, right? They're both really good players. They both come from top college football programs. And yet, you can see how the Clemson players are allowed to show a bit more of themselves, are allowed right. uh, the opportunity. And, and, I th- and that's why I always say, why would you ever send your kid to Nick Saban? Because... You can win in other places and not have your kid berated. It seems like Dabo Sweeney's program is more fun, and, and I, yep. I think you, I think you kind of see that perfectly encapsulated in this kid. I do, but I think the fact, and he was asked about Minka yesterday. He's like, "Oh, I forgot
0: Minka was on this team." Okay? <laughs> like, but but I but that he, he praised him. He said he was one of the, thought he was one of the best players in college football in the past few years, which he was. Um, mm-hmm. Minka was terrific at Alabama, but I think any defense. Great defense, which is what the Dolphins are ultimately trying to build, which is what the, the, the hire of Flores is about in a lot of ways. Any great defense, I think, needs a mix of personalities. Okay. And I'm going to go back again to the defense that Jimmy built, right? Sam Madison was a more outspoken, you know, in your face type personality. Pat Sertan was quiet. Like, uh, Pat, maybe maybe not now, we think of him differently, coach of American Heritage, moved on, uh, his son and everything else. But Pat was kind of the quiet one in the set. You know, Jason and Zach were polar opposite personalities. You know, Jason was flash and glamour, and Zach was Zach, <laughs> okay? He was, I, I, I don't think you can have one type. I think when you look at the great defenses, you go back to the Baltimore defenses that they've had over the years, the Tampa defenses. Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, right? Like Warren Sapp, my least favorite person I've ever had to talk to in sports. But Warren Sapp is Warren Sapp, right? He is in your face. Derek Brooks, quiet leader. You know Warren Sapp is more Christian Wilkins, okay? Uh, Derek Brooks, more Mika Fitzpatrick. I think having those combination of personalities where guys can lead in different ways, and also now they have, you know. Uh, to what I think are going to be the two core players in the defense, depending on what they do with Xavier Howard. Now they have two guys from, as we've said, the two premier programs in college football over the past, you know, ten to twelve years, right? I mean, particularly Alabama, but Clemson. Sort of. The I, I past was I was on the radio with
1: with Channing Crowder last night, and he was going, "Well, I mean, Christian Wilkins doesn't even uh, doesn't even have enough room for the rings on his fingers when you consider ACCs and national mm-hmm. championships. Like, think about his his career at the at, at Clemson and the amount of winning that he's done." It Minka Fitzpatrick the amount of winning that they've done I mean I don't I don't know if that ends up becoming a a valuable or translatable skill but I mean having players that have won things in your locker room can't be a bad thing particularly when and and Wilkins made a point to say this you know I'm the kind of guy that you bring in to change a culture and uh, look uh, these are these are for me totally abstract concepts we don't know how much they actually work in practicum but I mean, if if these things are important towards building championship teams and building what Brian Flores and his coaching staff want to build here, then having players that have won championships in their previous stops is not a bad place to begin.
0: If they can play, right? If they can of course, play. That, of that's course. the key thing. But, but I think what they found here, and you mentioned this when we did the pod leading up, that with CK, that the Dolphins have kind of lucked into, you know, slipping players mm-hmm. that three times now with, with and and with Tunsil and with Fitzpatrick it, it I would looks even say like with it's, Devontae it's Parker
1: out. although it, that, that's not really mm. lucked into that's more like yeah that, that happened yeah. but but like right. I mean you on draft night it felt like Devontae Parker slipped to you
0: it did right it's funny though I don't think he's one of the 16 photos in that room um which is <laughs> intre- which is which is interesting I I don't think I don't, I don't, think, I don't want a contract extension I, I will look tonight um I will look tonight but I don't I don't believe he's one of the I think Jakeem Grant is uh but mm-hmm. i don't. And 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 um, Albert Wilson is, but I don't believe Devonte Parker is. But I, I think, look, if you can play, and, and that's going to be the key thing mm-hmm. here, but it does look... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited... flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash miami heat today to get 10 percent off your first month again that's BetterHelp help com slash miami heat
1: Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation
0: may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. ba 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 Like he was supposed to go higher. He slipped to them. They didn't take Jeffrey Simmons. Who, if they had taken Jeffrey Simmons, you know everybody was said okay. They just punted on the season. And look, I know CK was someone in favor of that. Greedy Williams, who our Uptown report Alfred Artiega had going to them, still hasn't gone right. Like he yeah, didn't. He, he slipped he's, completely he's out of the pick. first round. Uh, he, you know, corners. I, I thought it was a weird draft in the sense that the guys at the premium positions, other than quarterback, did not go high. Uh, corners all slipped the defensive ends there wasn't quite the run on defensive ends early which you would have anticipated the tackle position uh was not which is another premium position i'm talking about offensive tackle mm-hmm. was not uh, go uh, it was not
1: 22 a, or 23 the guy out of florida i think is still on the board isn't he
0: uh, Juan Taylor still in, but yeah, yeah. Juan Taylor uh, still on the uh, board, yeah. So, so the premium position guys did not go, um, and then you know, obviously there were other things in the rest of the draft. Uh, this reference probably goes over your head, but I have I have a very close friend who's a big Giants fan as his or as kids. He lives in New York, and I text him. I said, "How you feeling?" because I know Will Manso who's a big Giants fan, was. I, I think he's he's dead in Nashville somewhere <laughs> in the alley. Uh, but but uh, but I asked, How do you feel about Dale Jones? And he goes, I think it's great that my kids get to relive the Dave Brown era. Yeah, uh, and, and it- you,
1: you won't be surprised of the person who made this reference, but uh, the guy who reminded us of this on, on the draft coverage last night was Captain Curtis from 790 The mm-hmm. Ticket. I was with him at Hard Rock Stadium. He goes, hey, Welcome to the Dave Jones era, and, and a quick Google search. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it, that, it, it's, it's not great for the Giants. But we talked about this on so many pods. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks always get overdrafted. Like, I, I think yeah. we had a conversation about which, which was there my be hope. I, I, thought, I thought there'd be more. Well, I mean, but but where they went, though, go, let's go back two months, right? Be, before Kyler Murray makes the decision. Nobody was, you know, they was, wasn't going to play baseball. Nobody was projecting him as number one overall pick, right? It was, I mean, uh, we, we thought he was like CK's little secret. Like, then he wasn't. <laughs> uh, and then Daniel Jones, as you mentioned, nobody was projecting him during the season as a top 10 pick. I mean, it's, to me, it's Christian Ponder all over again. It's EJ Manuel Blaine all Gabbert. over again. It's, Lane guys these guys who get jumped and then you know Haskins slipped a little but I mean he still went top half of the first round it's not it's not like he slipped a ton you know the other guys I mean Locke is still out there Uh, you know obviously I I think Easton Stick is a guy who's projected like fourth round he's still out there I mean there, there are still quarterbacks out there but I mean again you're always gonna end up with three in the top 15.
1: We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the 5 Reasons Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com, that's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 5,000 Law LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99, with a new 15,000-square-foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami, they will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. one call or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer-Mayberg, a proud sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Let's pivot to this here before we close. Mm -hmm. So there are reports
0: uh, this morning, I think uh, Ian Rappaport had it, that the Dolphins are still engaged in conversations about Josh Rosen. And Chris Greer was asked about it yesterday, and he demurred. He did not address it, Um, kind of moved on to the next question. Uh, you take a look. There's two things I think that are really interesting from a quarterback perspective as they affect the Dolphins. Uh, one of which was something that R. Adam Smoot from Balls Cast and Simon Clancy from Three Yards Per Carry both noted. I cannot believe the two of them agree on something, <laughs> but the but that neither could Smoot. But they but but basically what's happened is a lot of teams have just taken themselves out of the, the quarterback running for the next couple of years because they're now committed to other guys. And we saw that with Washington, uh, which may not never get Alex Smith back, and so they obviously have moved on and they drafted Haskins we see that with the Giants who waited in my view two years too late to replace Eli and so they ended up with an ordinary guy in Daniel Jones the next Tannehill as they said on the NFL Network broadcast last night he's either Tannehill or Matt Ryan you know it's funny with the Dolphins they get dragged into everything right because <laughs> Tannehill and Matt Ryan are like the polar opposites like we didn't take Matt Ryan number one overall but we talked took Brian Tannehill in the top 10 and you know these are the extremes of what uh, of what Daniel Jones could be but those two guys uh, both said, you know, basically that, that the dolphins in terms of getting to, or getting Herbert or getting from, or getting any of these other quarterbacks, there's going to be less competition for those quarterbacks over the next year and a half, uh, two years, because these other teams are now committed to young quarterbacks. Buffalo's committed to Josh Allen. The jets are committed to Darnold. Uh, all of these teams are committed to guys that they've taken, unless they have regime changes like Arizona had, where they give up on a guy after one year. So, In that context, does it change your view of going after Josh Rosen and particularly because it seems like with all these teams taking themselves out of the running for quarterbacks that there aren't that many teams engaged in conversations for Josh Rosen? Like who else is trying to trade for Josh Rosen right now? It doesn't seem like anybody, but the Dolphins. So led, we've talked about it being a third round pick. The Cardinals are putting it out through Adam Schefter that they're comfortable bringing Josh Rosen to camp. That's ridiculous. They, yeah. can't, they, they had a tweet. Okay. There's a tweet that's circulating. I sent this to Old Takes Exposed, you know, where Cliff Kingsbury says, Josh Rosen is our guy. Like, how do you walk that back? Okay. I mean, like he has to be traded. So let's say it's a, it's a 2020 third round pick. Let's say it's a 2019 fourth round pick. Or let's say that it's a third round pick this year, but you get higher up in the fourth round. You swap fourth round picks with Arizona and get, move higher up. Do you, t- do you now take a flyer now that you have leverage, because I think the Dolphins have leverage on the Cardinals, mm-hmm. on Josh Rosen.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm still a no. I, I'm, I'm still a no. I, understanding that price point uh, could be desirable. Um, I think I came, and, and we did the CK pot, and I wish I brought it up then, but I mean, we, we're, it was just flying in a million directions. And we had to keep it under an hour, so uh, so I, I didn't get a chance to make this point. But uh, I, I agree with you, by the way. I'm, I'm just looking at the top of the draft. I mean, Arizona just drafted his replacement. San Francisco has Garoppolo. The Jets have Darnold. Uh, I mean, maybe the Oakland Raiders could be in this conversation. I don't know where they're standing right now on Derek Carr, um, but they didn't take a quarterback at four or and with any of their other two first-round picks, a bit of a surprise there. Um, Tampa, I mean, Tampa could be in the conversation a year from now to be drafting a quarterback if the Jameis Winston thing, you know, crashes and burns. Um, the Giants is drafted. Uh, Jaguars just made a big commitment to Foles, uh, Lions, and Stafford. Uh, the Bills just, uh, j- just drafted Josh Allen a year ago. Uh, Denver, who was drafting at 10, traded for Joe Flacco and Seam based off of not only trading down, but then trade uh, drafting a tight end uh, to help out Joe Flacco to be at least building around him for a couple of years. So in terms of the teams that were bad last year, there just aren't a lot of options there. Um, and so at the same time, I, I just came to the realization yesterday that Josh Rosen, even after a year, can, can we definitively say after a year that we don't think that Josh Rosen is going to be franchise changing i'm not ruling out that he could be good, but that josh rosen that that franchise changing quarterbacks avail themselves of their talent almost no matter the situation. If you said no, in a vacuum I, I a, no, hold, hold on. if you said in a vacuum, okay. a quarterback was stepping into a team that was one and thirty four in its previous thirty five games and had offensive line issues and couldn't score points in the first few weeks of the year and has and has one of the worst head coaches that we've had in the last 20 years of the NFL and steps in and wins seven games anyway, that being Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield overcame the baggage of the Cleveland Browns to be really good and win seven games and now has clearly proven himself to be a franchise-changing quarterback. That availed itself in year one, or not even in year one, but in his preliminary action with a with a team, right? So Aaron Rodgers, it took him three, it took him three years, but eventually, when he stepped on the field, you realized, oh, this is franchise changing. And so Josh Rosen, over the course of whatever the 13 games that he played, couldn't overcome that situation. It was a disastrous situation. His coaching was appalling, and 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 we can make all the excuses, and I would agree with that. But at a certain point, quarterbacks that are franchise changing are going to at least look the part at some stage. And I don't think Josh Rosen ever did. And I think that if you trade for him and he has a decent year, you're talking you're talking yourself into improvement down the line. And I just don't think that improvement has a high enough ceiling For me to want to make that commitment to Josh Rosen or even make a commitment to a one year experiment, and if it goes poorly, then you draft low and you go and get the guy. I think the Dolphins need to be in the game of taking big swings at quarterback, making decisions that you think could potentially change your franchise. And that's why I like their decision to not take Haskins yesterday, and that's why. I'm not in favor of them trading for Josh Rosen. Maybe drafting a guy that has lower, a lower ceiling, but is more backup potential uh, in this draft. But I just, I, I I want the Dolphins to take big swings at quarterback. No more Tannehills. No more trading for Er. signing Chad Pennington, although that had great, you know, one year outcome. You know, drafting Chad Henney, who seemed like he could be decent. Big swings franchise-changing swings at quarterback, and I think I can say after one year that I'm out on Josh Rosen potentially being that.
0: Well, I I think you're just scarred by the Tannehill experience, and I think you're afraid that... I I think the biggest fear that you have is the same fear that CK has, which is that he's okay enough that the Dolphins talk themselves into him. And I I understand where that comes from because they did that for seven years and made excuses for Tannehill over and over and over. I I get that. I, I understand that. Um, but I'm also, and I don't know that he, look, I didn't watch enough Arizona Cardinals football last year to know. Okay. CK looked at them. He says the numbers were horrible for Rosen. he says a lot of it was his fault. It wasn't just the personnel around him. All right. So I'm going to trust CK on that. I didn't watch enough. I watched a lot of Josh Rosen in college. Um, but, and, and he was up and down, like he was not what they projected. Um, I, you know, I thought initially he was better than Darnold and then it was clear he wasn't. And so I, I understand that about the player, but I'm also not going to say that after one year you know. Um, I covered a Super Bowl that you know Rich Gannon was in. Okay, yeah. And Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon was a long time backup in and out in Minnesota, and then he was league MVP. Um, I covered two Super Bowls that Kurt Warner was in, and Kurt Warner was bagging groceries in you know Cedar Rapids, Iowa and then he was the best player in the league uh, for a a three-year period. I don't know necessarily that you can make an assessment. I mean, I saw Brad Johnson, who was considered to be a career backup. You covered
1: covered a Super Bowl that had Drew Brees in it. We didn't know he was this until
0: year six. Right now, and Breeze was good. I mean, he was better than those guys, but he wasn't right. He, and well, people thought he was done after the shoulder. Like he was, yeah. you know. And and they drafted Philip Rivers to replace him. Like that. That was not. No, but I mean, but I mean the, not... the
1: entire time he was in San Diego, you never thought this is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No,
0: and now he's a top, t- in my view, a top ten quarterback of all time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't. I mean, yes. Are there some guys like Marino? Like. Uh, Yeah, I witnessed Burrito's rookie season, and I was talking myself into Ken O'Brien, okay, because I was living (laughs) in New York, and and then you're like, holy shit, okay, (laughs) nobody has ever thrown a football like that before, what is that, okay, and, you know, and and Dolphin fans were used to David Woodley, you know, may rest in peace, like, (laughs) and they're watching this, and you've got this cocky guy throw to any spot and and you know he's making stars out of guys like Duper and Clayton who were drafted in like the 36th round okay like that yeah there are some guys who show immediately um like you said Aaron Rodgers took time i don't know what Aaron Rodgers would have looked like his first year let's say that let's say that Favre's not there let's say that Rodgers plays his first season Rodgers slipped in the draft there were a lot of people who said, don't take a Jeff Tedford quarterback, right? There, there were so many poor experiences with that. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he doesn't sit the three years is Steve young, Steve young, Steve young went to, uh, you know, was playing for what was it? The Los Angeles express or uh, in the USFL, Okay, yeah. the, the league that Trump ruined. And he was a disaster <laughs> there. He was a disaster in Tampa Bay. Sometimes go on YouTube and watch Steve young in Tampa Bay. Steve young is a top 15 quarterback of all time. Okay. He made his own name in San Francisco. He's arguably the most efficient quarterback of his entire era. If you look at the passer rating and everything else, I'm not saying Josh Rosen's going to be Steve young or even rich Gannon or even Brad Johnson. Okay. I, I don't know, but I think to say that, you know, No, after one year playing in that situation, I think is extreme. That's why I don't have a problem with the Dolphins flipping a draft pick. Now, I will say this. I'm a little more out on the trading of a 2019 third. And the reason for that is because they didn't trade down out of the first round. So they haven't accumulated more picks like if let's say they traded out of 13 to 23. Maybe they don't get Wilkins, but they take Jeffrey Simmons. They they take one of those guys. They take Juwan Taylor. They take Jeffrey Simmons. They take, you know, Greedy Williams at 23, but they've accumulated a future third and a second or something, or a a third and a a third, you know, sort of something similar to what Denver did with Pittsburgh. If that's the case, I I was a little more in – on dumping a third round pick because you have other currency. So what's the difference? Trade the pick, take a flyer on the quarterback. They didn't do that. They took a player. I don't have a problem with it. As I said, I liked it. But you don't have the extra picks now. And so now, to me, I think you're in a leveraged position. I don't think there's any harm in trading. If you can trade a 2020 third, I think you do it because even though, again, it may be a high third round pick because you're going to be bad, But everything next year is about getting the quarterback, right? So you lose that currency, but you can trade it for 2021 if you need to package and move up. Let's say you're the third overall pick and you need to move up to first. So I'm a little more out on trading this year's third. But, Chris, I'd still do it. I'd still do it. To me, I I think it's worth the flyer. I think if he becomes a high-level backup, you can flip him again for a third. What was the worst situation with New England? They had Garoppolo. They got a second for him. People didn't think it was enough but they got a second for him okay playing behind brady and barely playing i mean he played what three games two games before he got mm-hmm. hurt yeah um i i i just i you know, i i just always think you come out with a quarterback now i could be talked into one of the guys that that ck likes i mean let's say drew Locke slips further right like
1: yeah if if you, if you take him in the second round i
0: have no problem with that right what i mean what if i mean what if you really like you know easton stick in the fourth round and as you said he's more of a project player i mean look washington you know, you know, took Kirk cousins late in the draft, the same year that they took Robert Griffin, the third, who knew that first year that cousins was going to be the guy getting a billion dollar contract with Minnesota. Ultimately, like you don't know. So I, I just, I think they have to come out of this draft with a quarterback. I, I think that's imperative. It could be fourth round, fifth round, whatever, come out with somebody that you can develop who will be a better long-term option for you than David fails or any of these guys. Um, I, to me, that's better than going and getting a guard. Go get your guard in free agency. I'm t- you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's sort of the way that I've. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the Five Reasons Sports Network, other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's (laughs) an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, fivereasonsports.com. We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established, and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami Sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at fivereasonsports.com, and the other way is going to Jorge, J O R G E, at five reasons sports.com reach out one of those two ways and we will get back in touch
1: with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money no that, and that's an entirely fair point in terms of the counterfactuals of players that have developed right that 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 have Taking a second it takes a second sometimes for these quarterbacks I mean you think about you know Ben Roethlisberger winning the championship uh, almost uh, in spite of his own poor performances or Russell Wilson uh, getting far you know really on the back of a defense right on the back of his own performance but um, there there are certainly you know quarterbacks that have developed I'm just I'm 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 sort of out of this mode of you know even even an Eli Manning type, an Eli Manning type who won the Super Bowls. Um, I just don't want that player. I don't want Tannehill. I I just I want the sure-fire guaranteed franchise quarterback. And look, you can draft that guy next year, number one overall, whether it's Tua or Herbert or Fromm or whomever. And they won't be that because it's the NFL, and that's cool, that's drafting number one overall. It's just impossible to nail every time. But I want that. I want someone to tell me that's the ceiling on the player, and maybe that that ceiling is still there for Josh Rosen. Um, I'm just not all the way there uh, in terms of wanting. And and the other thing too is that if the Dolphins are indeed embarking on a rebuilding strategy. You do have to preserve your picks, and you do have to preserve them uh, in a particularly your first three picks. And like you said, I mean, there's potential that if the Dolphins trade their third-round pick for Josh Rosen, that's pick number 65 in the draft. I mean, that's that that's still in a position where you'd get a good player. Um, and so that that's that's my concern too is giving up any draft capital. For a team that isn't winning uh for a team that has no plans on winning uh is a concern to me And I think you see that uh, in basketball all the time where you know I, I think like the Sacramento Kings gave up a first round pick uh so that they can cl- clear out their salary you know g- uh, get rid of bad salary They give up a first round pick uh which I think they're only conveying this year and it's way better than anyone thought because they actually won games but still it was a massive risk at the time uh to to for a losing team to get you, you don't give up draft capital when you're in the middle uh of, of not winning and kind of knowing that you're not going to win. But um, I, I get the risk from an abstract point of view. I just we've been scarred by. I mean, I remember summers and getting into fights with people over Chad Henney and over and obviously over Tannehill and, and again and again and again and again with these guys that just aren't good enough. And well, so, Fiedler. I, right, right? I mean, right. I mean Feedler, and, and even trading for AJ Feely when it happened, right. there was the argument of, is that good enough? I mean, the the argument is always, is that good enough? And I'm just waiting for the Dolphins to draft someone or go for someone that there is no doubt when it happens that you are taking a potentially franchise-changing guy.
0: But what I said, and I think we close here, what I said to Dolphin fans last night on Twitter is all of you who are saying we're all in for Tua and don't get too good and don't take a quarterback and let's make sure we suck, you better not complain after the 13 losses next year. I don't want to hear it. No, like, I, if, if, if you're if you're all for the tank, if you're all for the tank, you got to be all for the tank. Okay? Mm-hmm. You cannot... Then complain about this decision or that decision or this player or that player. I mean, yes, obviously you can expect better from certain guys and there are certain guys on this team, even as as threadbare as the roster may be that you have expectations for. You have expectations for Xavier Howard. You have expectations for Laramie Tunsel. You have expectations for a handful of other guys, but you can't have it both ways. And I feel like Dolphin fans and I feel like Heat fans to a certain degree do too. like there's heat fans that are, you know, for the tank, but then they're complaining about what Whiteside is contributing or waiters is contributing. Look, it's one or the other. Okay. It's one mm-hmm. or the other like you. And, and so I don't want to hear it next year. Like, you know, and, and we've talked about this. There's a difference between casuals and, and, and hardcore fans and the especially casual fans, especially in football and the casuals are going to bitch why is this team suck so much? Is it Brian Flores's fault? Okay. Did they get the wrong coach again? Like, no, like if that's what this is about, if this is about making sure you're bad, then that cannot be perceived as bad when it happens along the way. Okay. It, it, it's, it's all part of it. Um, but, I think this is the appropriate place to close with the Dolphins luck. We know what's happening to is going back to school. And so, you know, it's we're going to we're going to come out of this next year and he's going to decide to go back to school. And let, what what if what if the Dolphins look so pathetic this year that that influences to decision? What if they're such a bad number one overall pick team that it's a little easier for Tua to say to his parents who want him to stay in school? Yeah, I'll give this another year. I don't really want to be in Miami. These are all possibilities that have to be considered. I I, that's why I've said so many times. I understand what the Dolphins are trying to do, but I think you can't operate scared of success. If you have accidental success, then let's look for the benefits of that because it means that you've got maybe some better players than you expected, and maybe there's more that you can build around. Like let's, you know, everybody's saying I'm too negative on the account. Let's look for some positives next year if we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, especially those. Who are, you know, pro tank, because if you're pro tank, I just, I I don't know how then you could come out of a game and, you know, be calling our buddy Zach Duarte. Okay. and, (laughs) and, 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 and letting Zach scream about how pathetic everybody is like last year. That was okay. Adam Gase had set a different expectation level for this team. He'd had three years. His offense was historically bad. Good luck. Jets. Uh, Okay, good luck, Le'Veon Bell. Like, that's understandable, like, that you'd have the fans and Zach Duarte pissed off. But at this point, you know, Zach's got to have a smiling face. The fans got to have a smiling face if they lose, because this is what a lot of you wanted. It is. And it's what you wanted. And it's what you're afraid of losing the losing. That's what you're afraid of losing. So anyway, that we'll we'll get to more of this. Uh, We'll probably do a recap episode, I would guess. Right. Um, Maybe Sunday night into Monday or Monday morning. Uh, when the whole draft is over so we can evaluate it. But uh, hopefully this gets you through the day. I will be at Dolphins camp again today uh, or tonight for the second and third round. So uh, probably post some stuff on 5 Make sure you check us out. It is free. Thank you for listening to the 5 Reasons Podcast. Thank you so much.
1: After the end of a good fight,